I just want to share about uh, what's actually happened, what actually Jesus has done for us. You know, in John chapter 16, verse 7, he actually said, in fact, I'll read it to you here from John chapter 16, verse 7. He says, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, let's just pray because I want the Lord to really ex explain to us and show to us today what does that really mean. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would really make this word so real in our hearts. Lord, that we would understand today as we celebrate Easter and as we, as we celebrate what you've done for us through your Son on the cross, Lord, I pray that you would make this so real in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. All right, so somehow Jesus knew what was actually happening. So, you know, on Good Friday, we, that's when we celebrate and, and remember the death on the cross. But, of course, on Sunday, we celebrate the, the fact that he has risen. And he has been, he's been raised and he's ascended to the Father. And the amazing thing is that if you look in the book of Acts, there are about five sermons in there. And every single sermon talks about the, 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 the death or the crucifixion, the death, the burial, but then the resurrection, the ascension and the glorification of Jesus. So every single sermon is focused on exactly what we're focusing on this weekend but for us as believers we focus on this every day of our lives this is a reality mm -hmm. that i believe god wants us to live in all the time and so he's saying to his, his disciples there his believers he's saying guys i'm telling you it's actually better for you it's actually to your advantage because they're feeling pretty nervous at this stage they realize something's happening they get that something's up and things are very tumultuous in their society there's a lot of friction a lot of tension a lot of uh division that this this new uh uh, a lot of believers are, are bringing about in that society and people are very confused. The religious leaders are up in arms and there's a lot of tumultuous, scary kind of circumstances that are going on. But he goes to them, come on guys, it's okay. It's actually better for you. It's to your advantage. I think about this. These guys have walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He's all they've known. They've lived off every word he has spoken. They've, they've gone to every village that he's gone to. They've followed him around. They follow. You know, they said, you know, if we don't follow you, who else are we going to follow? You have the words of eternal life. So he was their savior. He was their hero. He was, they knew that he was the one who had the words of eternal life. And yet now he's basically saying to them, hey, I'm about to go. He's telling them. And so can you imagine even as a human being what they would have been feeling like? Really? That's kind of scary. All the, all the safetyness that I've built up around myself, all the security of knowing that no matter what we do, you're always there in the forefront leading the charge in our lives and where we're going and the miracles that are happening and the powerful things that are happening. And here's Jesus saying, you know what? It's, it's to your advantage that I'm going to go away. Why? Because if I don't go away, then the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Now, they probably didn't fully grasp what those words really meant. They didn't know because they hadn't experienced who the helper was yet. But these are the words of Jesus to us. Even today, these words ring true to us. And, you know, we're surrounded by tumultuous situations in our lives, in our personal yeah. lives, in the world. This is no longer just our own little uh, insular experiences that we might be having in, a, in our own families, in our own community, in our own city, our own state, even in our own nation. Now, this is worldwide what we are experiencing we see on the news we see things that can cause our hearts to kind of 
you know, tremble a little bit and we can see things that make us wonder and, and be filled with anxiety. What's really coming? What's, what's facing us in the future? If it's bad like this now, when we can see the tumbling of, uh, you know, the economies of, of whole nations within a few weeks, what will the future hold for us? If one virus can turn the world upside down like this, what else is going to happen in the future? I get that. And Jesus kind of prepares us by this statement that he said all those years ago, those thousands of years ago. He says, it's to your advantage that I go, because if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So, all right, let's, I just want to look a little bit at the concept of who this helper is and has he come to us and what's happening in our lives because of that. So let's look at Hebrews 9, because that gives us a bit of a, uh, an understanding of what Jesus was actually referring to because he he knew things that these guys really didn't understand at all but he was leading them on a journey so in Hebrews 9 let's look there Hebrews 9 and we'll read from verse 15 to verse 20 and this is what it says for this reason he is the mediator of a new covenant so that since the death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never enforced while the one who made it lives. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment that had been spoken by Moses to all the people, sorry, I can't see properly in this slide, for when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. So this is in the, the book of Hebrews. And basically, when Jesus gathered his disciples for that last supper, the we often hear about. In fact, let's look at that in Luke chapter 22. Let's have a look at that. Luke chapter 22. Okay. Sorry, I know you've got there quicker on your iPhones. Let's have a look. Luke chapter 22. Verse 19 and 20. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. Now, this is what we just had. Remember, we just had communion. We just celebrated communion. Now, here's Jesus with his disciples at the Last Supper. And in the same way, sorry, sorry let's start again, verse 19. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Wow, that kind of reflects the words back in Hebrews where in the Old Testament it said the, the priests would come, it says for where every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves, this is Moses, and the, and the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. So that was Moses at the giving of the covenant. And here's Jesus now at his last supper 
before he's about to be betrayed and hung on the cross, he says, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Now, they're powerful words. They are extraordinary words, especially to these people in this time. They understood. They understood the power of those words. You don't just say those words lightly. Here's Jesus now saying, basically, there's about to be a new covenant. And, of course, their ears would have picked up and thought, wow, hang on a sec. I remember those words because uh, we've had it read to us in the synagogues. We've heard it all our lives. It's been passed down from every generation to the next generation. The word of God's been told that that's what was said, that's what was said uh, when God made a covenant with Israel. This is the blood of the covenant. So what was happening here? Jesus was basically giving his last will and testament. And he was saying, this is now a new covenant. This is now my blood that is about to be poured out. And just as we read there, it says, because there has to be blood. Therefore, in verse 18, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. Every covenant has to have blood. And so here's Jesus now. He's telling them this cup is poured out. This represents the blood that is about to be poured out on the basis of the fact that there is about to be a new covenant. Now, when some, so basically he's writing and giving his last will and testament. And in a last will and testament, when, when somebody writes out a, a will, they're, they're basically saying this requires the death of the person who's writing it. It actually requires the death. And it can only come into effect after the person writing that has died. And so Jesus, in other words, was obligating himself to die. That's what he was doing. He was obligating himself and making a statement saying, this is what is about to happen. There's going to be blood that is about to be poured out and it will be the ushering in of a new covenant. And they're all like, whoa, they're heavy words. And of course, whenever there's a new covenant, whenever there's a new, when somebody writes out their last will and testament, I mean, hey, Brown and I have had to write out our, our will, our last will and testament. And of course, that cancels out any previous wills that we've ever made. Not that we've made that many, but yeah, finally we've done it. Kids, you're okay. It's all right, understand it, kids? You're safe. You get everything, okay? You get, you get everything, all right? Debts and all, you get it all. Now, what Jesus was doing, though, he was now saying, I'm cancelling out, because of my blood that's about to be poured out, I'm cancelling out the old promises that were made. And I'm obligating myself to die. And I'm obligating myself to the fact that this has to happen, even though I don't really want it to happen, but I know, in fact, I love it in John, it says, I was born for this hour. This is the hour that I came for. Wow. Whew. Can you imagine? Like, yes. in fact, let me find it. I was just reading it this morning. It, it's amazing. This man lived his whole life knowing. Hang on, where's John? John's, John's run away. Hang on, let me find John. It's an amazing... Verse. It says in, in John chapter 12, verse 27, Now my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Like he's troubled. He, hey, guys, he knows what we're going through. <laughs> he was troubled. Like he was troubled on a way bigger level. He knows what he's literally about to experience. And he says, Father, save me from this hour. Should I ask that? And then he goes on to say, but for this purpose, 
I came to this hour. I arrived at this place in my life. I arrived at this hour because I was born for this. So he's, he literally just set his eyes like Flint. He set his eyes on the cross and he said, I'm going to do this for all of humanity because that's how great and incredible his love is. And so as he's doing this, he's now giving his last will and testament. He recognizes that to do this, he's obligating himself to die. It cancels out the Old Testament, guys. And then he, what's really amazing is that when somebody has, and you will have learned this, those of you who just did DMS, you actually learned this, that when there is a will that is made out and the people finally die, they finally go, then there has to be an executor of that will. There has to be somebody who comes in and can interpret correctly and, and, and do it justly what was actually intended by the person uh, for the recipients, for the inheritors of that will. And so there has to be an executor to make sure that it's dispersed correctly, that it's interpreted properly, and that it's given out and it's imparted and every single person gets right to the very last cent everything that was meant for them. Well, you know who that executor is? The executor of Jesus' last will and testament is the Holy Spirit, is the helper that he was talking about. That's why he said, it's better for me to go. Because if I don't go, he can't come back down again. Because the Spirit, of, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Jesus had to go and be with the Father. He had to, he had to be crucified. Jesus had to be buried. He had to be resurrected. Then he was going to be ascended, and, and then he was going to be glorified. And when all of that happened, then they sent the Holy Spirit to the earth to be the executor of the will. And now that spirit, the Father has taken the spirit of his son. He's saying, now I'm going to put it into you guys as humanity. I'm taking that spirit as Jesus has made the sacrifice. He's taken the blood of the lamb and he is the perfect lamb of God. He's taken the, the blood and he's put it on the mercy seat in heaven in the tabernacle that is made without hands. The literal blood of Jesus is there. And then now because that has been done, that is all legal and, and finished, he now sends the spirit. The father takes the spirit of his son and he sends him to earth to come and live in you and I in our hearts. To make sure that each and every one of us, all of humanity, this is an invitation for every single person that has ever been born. It doesn't matter how much we have sinned, guys. It doesn't matter how far we have gone. It doesn't matter how ugly. See, the devil wants to lie to you and I and make us feel that we are the only people on earth who have ever sinned that much, who have ever thought that badly and who have ever spoken that vile or who have ever performed deeds so ugly and despicable. He wants to make you think that you are the worst person on the earth. But he's been doing this for a long time. And we've been sucked in by him for too long. And it's no longer what we need to live under. Because God says, come on, this is for you. This is a new covenant. This is a new promise. This is a new, a new covenant between you and I. And the Holy Spirit as the executor of that will. It's going to make sure that everything... You know, my brother and I are the executors for my parents' will. Now, my dad passed away almost two years ago. And, of course, everything that he had went to mum. 
But when my mum passes away, my brother and I will step in and we will become the executors of that will, not to manipulate and control and take what belongs to what we want. And we can't do that. We actually have to act on behalf of what mm. our parents have stated. We can't go outside those boundaries. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will only do what he hears from the Father and the Son. Oh. He's not going to do anything wow. beyond that. He's listening. He's, yes. he's, he knows the will of the Father. He has a plan and an intention for your life and for my life. That's what it tells me in Romans 8. He has a plan and an intent and he's listening to the will of the Father. And the Father is speaking constantly. This this is what you have to give to these people who are the recipients of this inheritance. Mm. Guys, you and I, we're the inheritors of this last will and testament of Jesus. We're the ones that should be receiving everything. And we've been so deceived. We've been so duped. We've been so duped into legalism and thinking we have to perform and we have to act better and, and work our way up to God. We think we have to be good people and do good deeds and good acts. There's nothing good in you and I that we can bring to the table to receive this kind of uh, inheritance. It's not by our own might. It's not by our own power. It's only by the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that we can do to receive this kind of inheritance. It's just looking at him and saying, God, I'm ready. I want to receive everything that you have for me. And letting God say, you know what? This is me. But I bring myself to the cross and I, and I, I recognize that you've done this work for me. So that's why that's all through the power of the resurrection. See, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. That's the whole point. He went down, but then he came up again and he rose. He rose and it says he took the keys of death and hell with him. The death and the, and, uh, and the grave. He took the keys of those things with him. He, he's in charge. He's in charge. He's both Lord and Savior now. He's in charge. And so that's the power of the resurrection. And without the resurrection, there would be no Holy Spirit here with us. See, he understood not only did he go through that agony of knowing, you know, and feeling like his heart was troubled because he knew what was waiting for him and he knew he had to go through it no matter what, he had to face it. But it's really amazing when you read through um, the Gospel of John and you can also see it in the other Gospels as well, but in, in John chapter 13 you can read and see how at that last Passover, at that last supper, he knew that Jesus sorry, that Judas would actually betray him. He knew it. He, he, he told uh, the guys, he said, there's someone here that's going to do this. He knew who it was. And he also told Peter at that same, on that same evening, he told Peter that he would deny him three times. All of that happened as he was preparing and obligating himself to death on the cross for you and I. But then get this. Straight after he tells Jesus, uh, sorry, after he, my brain's going too fast. Straight after he tells Peter that you're going to deny me three times, straight away in the very next verse, which happens to be John 14 verse 1, he says, but guys, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Why? Because he knows there's another helper coming. Mm. He knows there's somebody else on his way. And um, th this is what you and I live for. You know, and, and this is a, an unashamed plug for DMS. Because Discipleship Ministry School is incredible. And I say that with complete humility, but also with complete pa passion. Because you know what? 
I only get to speak to you for 15, 20, 30, I don't even know how long I've gone for, minutes on a Sunday morning. But DMS, we take you on a journey. And that we learn to push past the trauma and the limitations of our humanity, all the things that want to hold us back. And we learn to actually what it is to find that very helper that Jesus said. You know, we saw incredible things. We saw incredible things in DMS last week, the week before last, whatever week it was. We saw the Holy Spirit come and touch people in their rooms. They got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. Like the Bible says in the book of Acts, you might go, well, that's weird. Well, it's in the Bible, so it's not me being weird. This is powerful. We learn why we pray in tongues. But they, there were people who got delivered, who were on the floor wailing and bawling their eyes out before God. And, you know, they told me afterwards they would never have done that if we'd been in a venue together. Like God actually came, that very helper that Jesus talked about came and he, he invaded their room. He invaded their space. It, it's incredible because he's everywhere. You know, we're not omnipotent, we're not all-powerful, and we're not omniscient. We don't know everything. And we're definitely not omnipresent. But he is. That helper that the Father sent, he's here right now. You know, he knows you and I. He knows our brokenness. He knows our frailty. He knows our sorrows. He knows, he knows our behaviour, but you know what? When the helper comes and touches us, he doesn't really deal with our, with our behaviours. He doesn't try to do behaviour modification. He goes to the very core of who we are as human beings. And he touches that inner part of our hearts and of our lives. He's been doing this for several thousand years now. He knows how to do it how to do it and right now if you're watching you could be watching live or you could be watching this in the future you know it actually doesn't matter because God is not restricted by time it's not about oh Diane said this on Easter Sunday this isn't life no it's got nothing to do with that it's all got to do with you asking him because he's right there now he's there with you now he's it's like he, he's omnipresent that means he's he's everywhere and he's there he wants to speak to you he wants to minister into your heart he knows your brokenness. He knows my brokenness. Like, you, you guys have got to know, two hours ago, I didn't want to preach this morning. My humanity makes me hate doing this, standing in front of a camera. I hate this. It's like my little girl just wants to run and hide because I don't think I'm, I can do this. My humanity says, you're going to be an idiot. You're going to make a fool of yourself. You see, the Spirit of God, the helper comes. And my husband, he's, he's my other helper. <laughs> he's like, come on, babe, come on, babe. But you know when the Spirit of God comes and he ministers to those fears and those anxieties, they all just they just disappear and they just go away. We don't have to control our lives anymore. And you know what? I'm still learning that. I don't have to control my circumstances. I don't have to control anyone. I don't have to control. I don't even have to control me. I can rely on Him, the Holy Spirit. I can give myself to Him. He is my helper. It's, it's amazing. Salvation has come to us, guys. It's in the form of Jesus, and He's been waiting. He's been waiting for you. He's been waiting for you and I just to say, okay, I want this. I really want this. Right now, I know, and I feel like a televangelist. Right now, guys, I'm being so genuine. 
know, I know there are some of you that are watching this, you're sitting in bed or you're sitting on your couch, you've got your jammies on, you've got your slippers on, and you might even be crying right now because there's a, it's like there's a tussle going on in the inside of you, just let him come and take over. He, will, he knows you better than you know yourself. He does. He knows you better than you know yourself. Let him come and just take away the brokenness and minister. Father, in Jesus' name, whatever they've asked for, Lord, 